Welcome to Hami Media Group, or as the cool kids say, HMG. We're here to provide you with the very best entertainment alternative media has to offer. Thank you to all our supporters who have made us what we are today. Follow us on social media, video, and podcast platforms at Hameen Media Group. Become a subscriber to Hameen Media Group at Patreon.com for great free daily content as well as off-the-top rope extras. Subscribe to our affiliate Patreon channels with a plethora of fun content on various tiers that will bring tears of joy to your eyes. Vince Russo's The Brand, The Rip Rogers FR Podcast, Stevie Ray TV, Goldilocks, The A Show with Aaron Stevens and April Hunter, The Two-Man Power Trip, Velvet Sky and Angelina Love, The Beautiful People, and now... The Larry Hankin Stories. Support your favorite HMG and independent pro wrestling talent at ProWrestlingTees.com. Enjoy the ultimate meal with Zordo's Ultra Premium Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Head over to ZordosOliveOil.com. Start your day with the best cup of joe, bro. Try a fantastic selection of flavorful coffee blends at TheBrosters.com. StevieRichardsFitness.com. Get off that couch and make a healthy change without leaving your home. Amazing resistance band and yoga workout programs at an affordable price that will help you become a band new you. Hear from the pros who live the biz, bro, with talent that have worked for every major organization led by the man who put the attitude back in pro wrestling and in your ear holes. It's got to be russosbrand.com bro again we'd like to thank you for joining us here at hmg and now it's time to be entertained Forces with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. My powers have doubled since the last time we met Count. Hey! Suffering. Death, I fear. Something terrible has happened. Young Skywalker is in pain. <laughs> dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural i will be the most powerful jedi ever it's all obi-wan's fault he's jealous he's holding me back you don't know the power of the dark side i must obey my master these aren't the droids you're looking for Aren't the droids we're looking for. Master Skywalker, there are too many of them. What are we going to do? Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Do I only help? Hello there. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. I, 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 Execute order. 
Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, Transdotians. We'll start off with you guys first. Alderonians, Mandalorians, Hulk Hogians, and whatever else happens in the Star Wars universe. To another exciting, action-packed, fully jacked edition of the New Force Order. For life. We're a Star Wars podcast, and uh, if you didn't know that by now, Pop, what do you want to tell them? There's no hope for you, Sunshine, which means that unfortunately, you can't build the Rebellion. Rebellions are built on hope. Rebellions are built on hope. Indeed. Everybody. I would like to introduce my co-host at this time. Residing from the dark, deep depths of the planet Exegol is our friend, the big guy, the master of disaster, the brown hole blaster, Spiro, a.k.a. Darth Great, a.k.a. Darth Spiridon. Hit him with a, a, a hey, yo, and introduce yourself. Hey, yo. Ladies and gentlemen, I am the talk lord of the podcast, the Sith Ari, the rampaging Reverend Kiss, the Butcher, the most disgruntled Star Wars fan in the galaxy, your boy Spiro. Up next, my friend, your friend, straight from his debut, debut at All Elite Wrestling, the man who has been grinding and grinding at this wheel for the last 17 years, 18 years, 22 years this Saturday, 22 years this Saturday on his birthday, no less. My man, GG Pizzle, the Greek god Papadon, introduce yourself, my friend. What's up, everybody, from left to right, up and down, and everywhere in between? It's your boy, GGP, to the Greek Greek coming to you live all the way from red number five standing by i'm here with my belts aka my championships from three different promotions i'm here with a plethora of knowledge of star wars to enlighten you the masses and let everybody know that this is the nfl and last but certainly not least it is me sure it is me it is me the d to the o to the c now I'm going to pass it over to my man, Alexi, because he can do it better than me. I am smarter than 2-1-B, more technical than FX7, the god of steel and thunder. And the man that is second to none, because he didn't get shit canned by a minus one, Dr. Destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> if you watch AEW this week, you'll get my reference. <laughs> Hold on, he's work out that one. 24 hours. Let me let me hit you with the Jared Little laugh. You know what, dude? That was that wasn't that wasn't part of the, that was not that was all on the fly. I just felt someone some little feet hitting me. I looked up and I see him. I'm like, ah, 
let me suffer this little bastard. And I just rolled out the ring. And that was it. I wasn't going to well, disrespect at least, At least the kid's got good sense, right? I mean, he's got good business sense to do yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, whatever. Maybe I'll start a, a war, hashtag war on, on Twitter. Negative one versus GGP. <laughs> you should have just got up and fucking gave him a spine buster. I would have laughed. You know what? Ball. You're not the first person to tell me that. <laughs> Somebody else, a mutual friend of ours today, said I should have got up and smacked the shit out of him to get some heat. But then I probably wouldn't get a job, so. Yeah, you wouldn't have gotten a job, that's for sure. Anyway. You would have got a lot of fucking heat. Anyway. So, yes, Pop, congratulations. We'll talk about that for a second. Uh, AEW debut. It was, uh, if you guys hadn't watched it, it was a fantastic match with uh, our own, NFO's own, GGP, Sean Maluda versus uh, a portion of the Dark Order, Stu Grayson. I saw his name, Grayson. And uh, Player Uno. And a, Evil uh, actually, Uno now. Evil Uno, my bad. Yeah, no, we play Uno initially. Yeah. He's Evil Uno. Uh, so, usually, I'll, you know, I bury Papa Don in general because I love him so much. And I've seen, I don't know, him wrestle fucking a zillion times. Um, but fantastic match. Uh, I, you know, and like I said, I'd, I don't put you over for no reason, my friend. Um, and it was odd for me sitting there, you know, sitting on my computer watching you across the screen from me on that stage. And I'm like, I talk to that fucking prick every goddamn fucking day. <laughs> and now he's, and now look at it, look at him now with a tear in my eye. With a tear in my eye. Um, so, well, listen, hopefully you'll have more, more. Thank you. Well, hopefully you'll have more tears in your eyes because hopefully this opportunity leads to something uh, on a grander scale. But uh, I guess time will tell. But let me ask you something. If, the kind if, you, of, want, call, if you want, I'll call my buddy Tony Khan. We'll chat go ahead. Talk to Tony Khan and tell him, hell, fucking smarten up, T. Get this guy GGP on the roster. When, when, when I load him my private jet again, we'll chat. Right? Well, let me tell you something. Two things. Number one, he's a cool guy, dude. Tony Khan. Really chill. Um very personable and more importantly the atmosphere in that company is phenomenal and i'm not just saying this because i want to work there i've worked in every locker room right in the yeah. in the united states from wwe to tna to our ring of honor um you name it i've been there this is the most laid back and most chill locker room i've ever been in uh, that wasn't an independent and uh it just everybody was really cool no egos no nothing and it still ran like a well-oiled machine. So kudos to everyone at AEW, from the ring, from the ring crew to the people doing the truck driving to the main eventers, and everyone in between. Kudos to you guys. Uh, you lit a spark, a spark under my ass, and I burned the gerbil because uh, <laughs> I want this more than ever now. So, anyhow, awesome. enough wrestling talk. Anyway, Forget- fuck wrestling. Fuck wrestling. Let's talk about something more important, like Star Wars. We like to start off the show with a segment that's called Marky Mark and his funky tweets. Full of good sensation, sweet sensation, and good vibration. Now, if you don't know what the hell we're talking about, well, it's real simple. There's an individual named Mark Hamill. He played a character called Luke Skywalker. And he's you may have heard, near, may have heard of him. You may have heard of him. He's cooler than anybody in Star Trek. Um he is a wordsmith because he's able to capture the hearts of millions and millions of fans in 140 characters or less on Twitter. So what we do is whenever he throws up a cool tweet, we jump on it um, and we dive into it and we get a little haha out of it. And uh, that's what we do. And we, 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 we want you guys to go follow this guy at 
Hamill himself on Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff and tell him at Greek God Papa on act uh, Alex and uh, Alex Arroyo MD or at the NFO underscore podcast sent you this way. He knows who the fuck we are. But anyway, what happened was there was a tweet by a guy named John Bailey um, or at Epic Voice Guy. This small bed. I'm sorry. This small bad kid. But it kept you warm. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't even read today because my eyes. This may smell bad, kid, but I'll keep you warm. Which is the line that Han Solo says to Luke Skywalker when he puts him in a tauntaun. And it's a little kid sleeping in a tauntaun sleeping bag. Right? And then he tags Hamill himself and goes, at Star Wars, hashtag adorable. Then Hamill responds, what a child wouldn't cherish. Or what child wouldn't cherish the opportunity to cuddle up and drift off to dreamland, snuggling inside the warm innards of a disemboweled tauntaun. The inner lining with detailed intestines make this a must-have item for animal abuse aficionados everywhere. Hashtag star weird merchandise. So he was he wasn't a fan of this. Uh, this the, the funny thing is that this has been around for at least five years. Um this is not a new product, but I guess you know Mark's not up on the uh, up on the jazz and didn't see it. So, whatever. I just thought it was a funny tweet. Oh, I thought that was hilarious too. He also uh, recently um, he uh, posted on Instagram. Quiet Apollo. <laughs> My dog Apollo doesn't shut up. Um, he made the podcast last week. I think we're getting a segment where we yell at Apollo every week. Anyway. Yes, he actually, you know, he does more showings and run-ins than uh, the Spiro. But I digress. Um, sure. It's been great. Uh, Mark Hamill on his how his ABC Western series nearly cost him Star Wars. Did you know this? Uh, I did not know this prior to reading this, but I thought it was very, very interesting that uh, Mark was on a show that was on one of the networks. Um, and it was called... I think it was WNBC. <laughs> Big virus. It was called, what was it called, the show? Uh, Texas Wheelers. There you go, Texas Wheelers. And he was the star of this show. I think his name was Bubba or some shit, or I don't know, Buford, or I don't know. <laughs> Is um, that your cornbread? <laughs> and um, he was, uh, you know, they were supposedly supposed to get renewed for a second season. If they did, he would not have been on the on uh, the uh, the Star Wars. But they apparently did not, and he was free and clear of his contract. And he pursued his dream to be a space farm boy. Can you imagine Star Wars without Luke Hamill? And without Luke Mark Hamill? Hamill? Yeah, I can imagine it without Luke Hamill. Um, <laughs> without Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, I mean? It, it would have been very odd, um, to say the least. But again, we wouldn't have known how good he would have been because we wouldn't have known it. So no, maybe I the guy it. who would have replaced him would have been better. Who the hell? You think is? so? I don't think so. I think he. Look, a lot of people don't give Mark Hamill a lot of credit for his acting because. You know, he's pigeonholed as Luke Skywalker to a certain extent, right? Yep. And for a long time, he wasn't starring in these big films like, let's say, Harrison Ford, right? Indeed. So, uh, no, not Indy. Well, yeah, he did play Indy. Indy, Indy. No, indeed. Like, kind of high. Indeed. Anyway, um, I was watching Empire this week, and I watched Return of the Jedi this week. Wow. Right? What am I going to do? So, uh, I guess. You can only jerk up so many times in a day. I guess so. 
Um, and I ran out of peanut butter, so the dog's no fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, so his acting abilities in those films, his his face mannerisms, everything that he did, little nuances, tell such a greater story and adds so much to the character and to the movies that you don't pick up on it until you've seen it the umpteenth time because you've seen it, you know, a million times before that. But each viewing, I see something new. Um, the way he looks in amazement when he sees the, the Rancor for the first time, little things like that. And he did the same thing in episode eight. He was the greatest thing in episode eight. Even though you like it, you hate it, whatever the case may be, you cannot deny the fact that he acted his ass off and stole that movie. So this individual, I mean, he was great as the trickster, great as the Joker, as a voice actor, and whatever other roles we've seen him in. Oh, he was great in uh, that, that vampire comedy, uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, I haven't that, seen it yet. i got to watch it. Oh, bro, that one episode's my favorite. But anyhow, um, the man's a legend, and I'm glad that he's still here, and I'm glad he still has a love for this business. And I, I love the fact that he hops on and, you know, Tells people little inside scoops and little inside baseballs and jokes around with the fans and is personable and he's not a curmudgeon like other people. Uh, he's listen, it's it's, it's it, I think he's the perfect person to do it because he has that personality, but it's also the perfect fictional character for us for us when he's interactive like that. So uh, you know, again, always every week, kudos to Mark Hamill, keeping yeah, it alive, we, keeping it interesting, keeping it for the fans, keeping it real in the corn right, field, but, in the water vapor field. Uh, listen. Um, one thing that's perfect, but is not fictional, is a show or an episode that's coming out August 25th on Disney+. Plus. Do you know what I'm talking about? I believe it's going to be the Behind the Magic uh, show, it's called, uh, whatever it's called, where they're going to talk about the Luke Skywalker episode of The Mandalorian. Disney Gallery, you mean? There you go, Disney Gallery. Yeah, behind the magic, so behind the uh, behind the barn. Um, yeah. So what they're doing is, you know, season one of The Mandalorian had an, an, an episode for each of the eight episodes, a gallery episode for each of the eight episodes, explaining the, the work that entailed into making the episode, and it was phenomenal. A little documentary series. Season two comes out. And they drop a one hour, one episode, and they don't even touch base on the last episode or the last five minutes with Luke with Luke Skywalker reappearing, which is the greatest TV uh, finale and probably TV moment of all time. Which, if you think about it, is like insanity. Yeah, I mean, the amount of people who watched that episode and the, uh, it was the the hours viewed for that one episode is in the billions and billions would it be, but. Now they have now I don't know if this was always in the plans, but August 25th, they're releasing one episode just based on this episode and the Luke Skywalker. Um, and it's been um it's been uh confirmed by Star Wars. The official press release from Lucasfilm revealed that hash uh parent uh what do you call it? quotation story of the cutting edge technology used to bring luke back will serve as a subject of the episode it was also mentioned that it will dive into the collaborative process including working with mark hamill to create an authentic and fitting recreation or recreation excuse me and explores the immense pressure and responsibility the filmmakers had in bringing back one of the most important characters in film history august 25th disney plus now 
There finally, is a finally, 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 Mark Hamill has come. No, I'm kidding. Um, there's a lot of speculation, rumors, and sexual Nintendos that came out because of this article. People on the interwebs are saying that this is just proof that Kennedy's out. This is proof that this is also the biggest secret in TV history. But not only for the fans, people are now saying that Kathleen Kennedy didn't know anything about it. And they're saying that that Favreau and all of them kept it secret because her hate for Luke Skywalker. Can you imagine? I, I, this, I, think then, it's, I think there's some truth to this, bro. Oh, I don't think there's any truth. How would she hate Luke Skywalker? What was the reason why? Did you see what they did to Skywalker in the sequel trilogy? I did, but that was a fucking Ryan Johnson decision. I don't know where she was when this. No, was it's going. not. She's the head of Lucasfilm, bro. You mean to tell me someone goes, "Hey, we I got a good idea for Episode Seven. This, that, and the other." Where's Luke? Oh, he's in the last scene for thirty seconds. Doesn't say yeah, a word because they want to distance themselves from fucking the uh, the original trilogy. That's the reason why. I don't think it's but her you decision can't... as head of Lucasfilm. No, it's her decision. She's the head of Lucasfilm. Number one, number two. Disney, Disney got the pockets, baby. Yeah, I know Disney got the pockets, but she answers to one man, one man only, and that's the CEO, Bob. Now it's Bob Chapek. By then it was Bob Iger. But what I'm saying is this: she's the head, and I, all ideas and directors and everything have to run through her. That's why so many people got fired. Yes. Right? Now, my assumption, and I have no evidence whatsoever. Is that she had a crush on Luke back in the day. <laughs> he said and, he sn- and he snubbed her. Or maybe he hit it and quit it. Who knows? And he came, just, he, he came in her hair? Probably. You know? And she's like, yeah, I just got my hair, dude. What you doing? Um, and she's holding a grudge against him. I don't see... You can't distance yourself from Luke Skywalker. Because he's the he, fucking... Just like he, you, they couldn't distance yourself from Vader. That's why he was mentioned nonstop. You, in every you, movie, you can from Luke if you want to, like, you know, push your agendas and push the forces female bullshit, which they want to, you know, shove him down to the fucking ground. Not because, you know, it's Mark Hamill, or Luke Skywalker, but because, you know, he's got a penis between his legs. So I, I think that, you know, that may have been the onus of this. Um, and there was an article that came out by the AV Club this week. There's actually a really good article. I'm gonna I'm gonna repost it on um on the NFL website because it really went into deep deep detail about the Force Awakens and its effect on this writer and his thoughts about you know the the directions that they went in and why they did and they talked about the initial writer i think it was kasdan who was trying to write the force awakens and his initial script where he said that for they they all made the conscious decision to, to put luke at the very very end of the movie because anytime they were trying to introduce him into the movie he would the focus of the whole movie became Luke Skywalker and the focus of everything else that became Luke Skywalker and they were trying not to do that in this in that movie they were trying to you but know, that's just plain stupid and I'll I tell know. you why. it's bad booking yeah, I know. you I, leave I, us I you, you leave us with the last shot of Return of the Jedi with everyone together you're picking up the movie 30 years later and they're not going to be together people no. want to see the interaction between Leia Han and Luke and Lando and Chewie and the and the droids and they want to see it on an on, on an older age, see them like schooling the younger the younger uh, class of next age heroes, and you don't have to knock down the legacy characters to build up the the new characters. 
you could still give him the rub. Look what Cobra Kai did. They blended it perfectly. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Without diminishing the the history and the legacy. And that's what they did, unfortunately, in the sequel trilogy. And even though I loved Luke in the sequel trilogy, the execution of how he got from A to Z, that's the issue. Now, a cool idea would have been that the saber goes flying from the snow. Instead of Ray catching it, if Luke would have caught it, Right then and there, and there could have been a little battle between Luke and Kylo, and Kylo runs because he's injured, and he can't defeat him, and maybe Luke saved Han, you know, and he put him on the Falcon. When they get in, they see Han, he's all bandaged up, and they take off. Boom, you're off to the races, bro. Yeah. But I'm not, but... What what could have been? But that's, you know what they did, bro? You know what they did? What a lot of independent citizens of Leg Slap City, quote-unquote, play wrestlers do today. They work for a pop instead of trying to get over. And speaking of over, sorry. And that's exactly what they did. They worked Luke just to get a, 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 the best ending in Star Wars history, which is the end of episode seven, a literal cliffhanger to work for a pop, to leave us at the edge of their seat instead of getting Luke over in his old age and getting him to get to give people the rub into the new movie and people could get the rub off of Luke and get over. And now we have a new set of characters. They just worked for a pop. So, in my opinion, it was bad booking. Agreed. Um, So, I knew that was going to happen. You know, when I walked into Force Awakens, I said to myself, I said, there's no way we're seeing Luke Skywalker in any of this fucking movie except the last shot of the fucking movie. I wish we were doing the podcast. No, no, I didn't. Even before that, I wish we were doing the podcast before then because I would have had my aha moment. because you, you didn't see him at all in the trailers. You didn't see any, you know, you know, hint of him anywhere. And I knew it was going to happen. And it made perfect sense as you were watching that movie. I was like, yeah, this is never going to happen. Um, but um, track that article down. It was it, it was well written. It, you know, talked about how initially the writer felt that it was, you know, he, he, he likened it to something called comfort food where – it felt like Star Wars to him. And then he got upset when he th- thought about it more, how much it was just a ripoff of episode four. Um, but it wasn't. Goes, yeah, in, in certain ways it was. Um, if but you then you have the you, overall you can, arc of it. Okay, but then you can say the same argument for episode one. Yes, agreed. And Star Wars is poetry. We know it rhymes. But, um, you know, he goes back to talk about different characters and um, you know where their arc led them and, and how they introduced... The main, the main three uh, heroes and the villains, and you know what they represented, and all that jazz. And then he, he actually dropped the, uh, a little nugget of knowledge. I didn't know that Carrie Fisher died on an airplane. Yeah, you didn't know that. I, 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 I don't know. Maybe I suppressed the memory. But God in heaven, what I would have done to be the physician on that airplane to take care. Of, could you imagine? You walk over. Is there, I've been on a plane. Like, is there a doctor on the plane? And I gotta like you know stand up and lower my zipper, um, and um, I, I would have been like, uh, I'm pretty sure that's Carrie Fisher. Mouth to mouth, time. Here we go, baby. Nice. I would have Facetimed you. <laughs> I hope you would have taken a picture like this. <laughs> so With your Alex Arroyo face, you were doing chest compressions. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, your hands in her dress. Um, <laughs> well, look. Uh, all right, well, we're not going to sit here and argue about this or just debate about it. We don't argue, we talk, but that would take up too much time on the podcast. Um, 
So, you know, uh, some other information about Luke Skywalker came out, but this was more in line with Kenobi. A deleted scene explains why Obi-Wan lied about Anakin's death and his connection to Vader. Did you read this? I did. What was your thoughts? Um, makes a little more sense. You know, it, 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 we, we all always thought that, you know, that line from, a, from what I told you was true from a certain point of view. And speaking of a certain... <laughs> When he lied to him about his dad, um, and we're like, "Damn, that motherfucker's cold-blooded, cold-blooded." It's like that's a fucked-up thing to do. And you know, if you look at the history of Star Wars, it, it, the reason why that happened is because what George. Happened? What happened was George had no intention of making this. You know, he was making making one movie and hoping he was going to get it through and go from there. And and, and we all surmised that Vader wasn't going to be his dad at any point during this. Um, so. Maybe he was going a different direction and then kind of like, you know, pulled a 180. Um, so Obi-Wan had to kind of go back on his uh, his statement and, fit and tell Luke, what you know, why it happened. But in this deleted scene from ROTJ, um, you know, Yoda fesses up and he's like, mm, it was I who told Obi-Wan to tell you that your father was dead and not uh, Vader. Obi-Wan wanted to tell you. So, you know, Yoda comes off looking like the asshole for this. Which is, uh, it's kind of like, um, you know, Obi Wan's dropping the, you know, the uh, the bomb of the Yoda's lap for for being a jerk off. Well, look, there's a couple of things that that I kind of like about this, and a couple of things that could, it can turn and manifest into. Uh, number one, it explains why Luke isn't mad or pissed off yes. at Obi Wan, which is one of the things that they talk about as well. It's like, why right? is Luke not pissed off at this guy? So, the the quote was that. Yoda told Obi-Wan would have told you long ago, hmm? Had I let him. Now, a great weakness you carry. Fear. Fear for you, I do. Because, like we said, he had a burden on his shoulders, which he mentioned uh, earlier on. Uh, in an undeleted scene. Uh, when, he, when he confesses that Vader is indeed his dad. Right before he dies. Uh, now they're saying that this may actually this may this scene may actually appear in the Kenobi series as a flashback Ooh. with with a young Luke. You know what I'm saying on Tatooine. So that would be pretty cool. Yeah. See, and, I, and, and, and I thought about it, but when I was reading this article, I was like, you know what? We we've talked about all these potential appearances for the for for the Kenobi show. But we never talked about the possibility of Yoda actually popping up in this. You know, if they have some kind of like, you know, Force Link, they're talking across the galaxy, whatever. I'm sure he's not going to go visit him in the, in the shithole that is uh, Florida. I mean, Dagobah. But um, <laughs> uh, who knows? But uh, I think it's a possibility that we may see a little bit of Yoda. We might. But, you know, the fact that I'm liking things that they're taking that were deleted and they're manifesting it and making it into something else. You know what I'm saying? And they're turning something that's, you know, a minute speck and turning it into freaking gold. Because if this is, if they can incorporate this, not only kind of fills in a couple of plot holes and emotional plot holes from certain characters, but it adds another layer. It makes it more sympathetic to Obi-Wan. Not a cold-hearted player who leaves his best friend on the side of the road burning. You know what I'm saying? But, um, Lies to this poor kid that he's, you know, trying to take care of. No, definitely. Um, some stuff came out this week, also uh, very similar uh, to what we were just talking about, where 
they take something and they manifest it into something else, and now it has meaning. In Star Wars, the, um, the new Star Wars comics, Bounty Hunters 14. I don't know if you read it, Doc. Yeah, I'm, I'm very behind on my Star Wars. Stuff. Okay, uh, this comic is brought to you by Ethan Sachs, Ethan Sachs, Paolo Villanelli, and Arif Prianto and Travis Lanham. Bounty Hunters, Valance, uh, Bylert, Valance, and Dengar are being pursued by Crimson Dawn's assassin, Deathstick. When they take refuge with an That's ally... That's like having a character named Crack in the real world. Yeah, right? <laughs> when, 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 they take a ref, when they take refuge with an ally named Mama Stamok... Mama, do you wanna? <laughs> they learn the history of Crimson Dawn. Beginning with its origins as part of the Shadow Collective during the Clone Wars, Stoma, uh, Stamok reveals that after the Siege of Mandalore, many of the crime syndicates went underground, but that Crimson Dawn returned and wrecked havoc on the Outer Rim, sort of like you do at the Blue Oyster. Following the death of Dryden Voss, as seen in Solo, she relates that the syndicate disappeared. Some say that Dawn never truly left, lying in the wait for something big, she says. Very similar to Hydra in Marvel Comics. Yep. And then on top of that, they're trying to say that there's a new bloodline that may be an important bloodline outside of the Skywalker realm in Star Wars. There's a little girl. Her name is Kad- uh Cadelia, C-A-D-E-L-I-A-H, Cadelia. And she's like the air fo- the, the rifle heir to the crime syndicate by blood. And it shouldn't be Kira who's running the, sh- running the, sh- running the, the crime syndicate and she should be in charge. And that she has the opportunity and the power to bring all the crime syndicates and all the scoundrels together to unionize, I guess, crime. So I don't know. I don't know if they're trying to make soup salad out of chicken shit here, but I just figure something something that small that can be turned into something else is pretty incredible. And I think Star Wars is renowned for doing something like that. They made a movie out of it. You know what I mean? Called Rogue yeah. One. Yeah, indeed. Um, you know, as far as this family being, you know, as as important as the Skywalker clan, I, I don't know if that's actually the case. I agree um, with you on that. But, totally uh, you know, if they try to shoot her, they, they, they got to stop, like, trying to do things like that because it's not going to happen. If they, especially if they force it down our throats, you know, things like that has to have to happen naturally for it to occur, and it has to happen over a significant period of time if it can occur. Um, of course, of course, you're absolutely right. You're always right, Doc. Thank you, sir. I concur. Do you concur? I, I, concur. Yeah, I concur. Do you concur? Concur. What, sir? You know, something else that's natural is uh, tomorrow Morrison talking to Daily Express. He did an interview. Yeah. And he kind of teases that there may be a spinoff or uh, a season two to Book of Boba Fett. Um, he was asked if he had any knowledge about whether there would be a season two of the Book of Boba Fett. And he expressed that the tree is still growing, unquote, and that Disney will probably want to test the waters, unquote, before making a decision. Quote, I think they'll have to consider some things. The tree is still growing. They'll probably want to test the waters first. There's been no talk about it. Unquote. 
The interview also stated that the Star Wars veteran actor will take, quote-unquote, each job as it comes, whether that means Boba Fett will get another adventure or not. So this made me happy, but what do you think? Um, A, the guy wants more money. I, I, I could see it happen. B, the way to print that money is by keeping the Boba Fett series going. And I'm, tonight I'm working on this, by the way. Looking to take is that mine? Yeah, and I, you know, I had gotten a... a, a I know you're pissy about the jetpack, but I got in a subsequent jetpack-ish. It's not totally screen accurate, but I'm going to work on it. I don't um, So uh, it's license to print money. Um, if they don't do more seasons, it just makes no sense. And they need to do it now while Tomorrow Morse is not 90. Well, look, even if he is 90, it doesn't matter. You can put someone else in the suit like fucking John Wayne's nephew. But what, I like the fact that they're approaching this and they're trying to make it naturally. If it's if it's a good fit, they'll have a second season. As opposed to them saying, "Hey, we're gonna drop A, B, and C." Remember DC a few years ago? They had a thousand movies that were coming out, and none yep. of them came out, right? Yep. So I'm kind of happy. And just this just shows you more great leadership and management and booking from Favreau and Filoni, and not stupid nonsense booking from Kennedy and Lucasfilm Group, the story group. Uh, who claimed that Luke Skywalker's return stole all of the thunder from the New Republic. That's why it's not selling well. <laughs> now, Doc, let me ask you this. As a fan, the greatest moment in TV history happens. Luke Skywalker, your childhood hero, comes back and excites you, gets you all emotionally vested. You're tearing up like a little girl with a scraped knee, right? Yep. You, you love the finale. Everyone's on the same frequency. Everyone's happy. Star Wars is running on all cylinders again. And now they're dropping the High Republic. Do you think people are not going to go and venture into something else regarding the galaxy far, far away Uh, after being on such a high? Of course. It's just fuel for the fire. I mean, that, you know, that's how you build your excitement for things, you know? They're building on a pop. Yeah, of course. You know, this is going to be the greatest pay per view of all time. We hear it every month. So then. Reason why it didn't sell is mainly because the lackluster story. It sucks, and the characters. Uh, so. I, that's if they really made that statement. That the a that is one of the ballsiest statements I've heard in my entire oh, life. Oh, it's been said. It's been said. And b they're fucking crazy. They're a bunch of snowflakes that whine and cry. Apollo, shut up. <laughs> so this about- uh, this moment has been brought to you by the ASPCA of the NFO. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> Speaking about stories uh, Star Wars Visions Spin-off novel is about A wandering Sith warrior Did you read this? I did read this Um, Do you want to give a quick uh, synopsis And your thoughts on it? Because I I was going to read the whole article But if you could sum it up in a minute That'd be great, even though it's a short article as usual, um, Star Wars, uh, you know, we need to exploit every single thing that's happening with Disney here. So we have this new Star Wars Vision show coming out, which we talked about last week, which is going to be some Japan Japanimation, some uh, manga over there, um, and not the ones that Spiro likes, that um, with the octopus tentacles, <laughs> with uh, different various Come stories. Come on, of- guys. I can't hold. You got everything, man. I mean, come on. Look what I gotta fucking go around with. Fucking diapers, man. I got fucking diapers. I shit my pants every day. I can't walk. I can't hump. <laughs> From various different um, 
Japanese. I'm wearing a fucking diaper, man. Sorry. From various different Japanese animation studios. Uh, and this this one that they spun off into this novel is going to be one of the ones in the show as well. And it's about this uh, wandering Sith, uh, you know, uh, evil force user who um, use a, uses a red katana-like lightsaber. Um, and it's done by, uh, I can't remember the studio it was, you know, Taka Michinushu, Noah Pro or something. Um, <laughs> and... Um, Rainmaker, and uh, it looks you know, looks good, it looks like kind of like a you know, it's, I think it's called Ronin or something, yeah. So, Star it's gonna, Wars Ronin, a Visions novel, it's gonna, it's gonna have you know, the uh, the um, flavor of a lost samurai in the uh, in the Japanese feudal period mixed with Star Wars, which you know, kind of Star Wars is all about at one point, you know, its origins. So, it, again. I'm excited for the show. I'm sure we'll be doing a vision show because Pop Don does nothing but talk to me all day long and wants to do more podcasts every single day. And um, but again, much like the High Republic, I doubt I'm going to be reading this book because you know, a I got seven, six books ahead of that one, and uh, b uh, it's, I think I'll have enough in the visual medium over here. Cool. Um, I'm on. The, I'm not on the fence about this. I mean. The artwork looked cool for the cover, like you said. It looks like a Ronin uh, with a with a katana looking lightsaber, which I'm glad it's a it's a lightsaber. It's not just a red bladed katana. Um, I don't know. I mean, we'll see how good the episodes are. They're all anthology episodes, and this is supposed to tie into one or two episodes. Uh, but well, I'm gonna take it with a grain of salt and just see how it comes along step by step. I'm not gonna try to rush into this. Balls deep, like I normally do with anything yeah. Star Wars. Speaking about balls deep, Black Series just went balls deep by uh, releasing a Dave Filoni figure. Ooh, you want to talk about this? I will. So uh, I, I, <laughs> do you I, want uh, to talk about it? I will. I, I will. This <laughs> <laughs> is my wheelhouse, Pop. I mean, come on. Anyway, uh, San Diego Comic Con is not happening again in person this year. New York Comic Con is, by the way. Um, Are we going? Uh, I have tickets, but I but a, a very limited tickets. Unfortunately, I only got like two tickets to, per day. I'm not going Sunday, so I have to figure out what's going on with the, with, with my life. But uh, if you would like to come, I may be able to squeeze one out for the big guy. That's what she said. Um, Spiro, you're beat, buddy. Sorry, and but you won't care because you're not listening to this anyway. But you'll be working anyway. That's great. So. They talked about the, the <laughs> three exclusives for Star Wars this year. One of them is going to be the Dave Filoni action figure. And no, he does not come with a cowboy hat, which he should. It's going to be him in his rebel pilot appearance, which he was very, if you remember the gallery show, extremely hesitant to do in general. He didn't want to do it, and they forced him to do it. Um, and um, it's going to be, I can't remember what his name of his, of his pilot was, you know, uh, um sure. Trapper Wolf. Balls Deeper or something like that. I think it was. I just told um, you. Oh, it's Trapper Wolf. Yeah, sorry. I thought it was Balls Deeper. Um, so he's getting a uh, exclusive. We saw the of the likes in the same packaging of the exclusive Cad Bane and the armor that they released last year. That's going to be coming to Hasbro Pulse during Hasbro Pulse Con when they drop the SDC stuff, I think, in August, probably. Two other ones are coming. Um... That black series that we talked about is going to be the six-inch ones. Then they're doing a three and three quarters that my girl Holly knows about. She sent it to me. Um, but she I, knows I, about three and three quarters. I, she Holly. does. 
<laughs> but I already knew about it. Um, it's going to be the Emperor's Throne Room, where you basically get the Emperor um, in the small the small action figure form. In his throne with the backdrop, you know, in Empire Strike, uh, Return of the Jedi, he had the backdrop of the space where he is. You have friends and welcome to a trap. Um, so it's going to be that. So it's going to be like a little diorama with the figure um, that's going to come with that. You can put your Luke and your Vader against it. And then the third one is, you know, they're doing a lot of throwback stuff. So they released um, a few weeks ago, we talked about it, the Luke Han and Greedo from the uh, the... Well, now is vintage, I guess, because it's been over 20 years from the 1995 Power of the Force cards, the red with the you know red lightsaber card they call it, um, and they're doing a three pack with Obi Wan Kenobi, Ponda Baba, who was Walrus Man, who got his arm chopped off at the cantina, and Doctor Evazan, who was his boy, the You'll Be Dead guy. I'll be careful. You'll be dead. Um, in the green card kind of like with a piece of the bar, which is something they had released 20 something years ago, which is very, very similar um, where you can chop up Pondo Baba's arm. So those are going to be the three exclusives. They're pretty fucking pricey. Actually. I think the, um, that the three pack is like a hundred and change, which is kind of crazy, but uh, you know, you know me, I have an addiction that I can't break. So. Well, two things I wanted to talk to you about that. I want to piggyback about this. Um, There's only, one question in life that's very difficult for me to ever come up with an answer. Okay. So I'm going to answer you this question. And you got, and if you can't answer it, it's understandable, okay? Right. Mr. Furley or Mr. Roper? Oh, that's a tough one, man. Exactly. But here's another question. Yeah. That was just a setup so I can ask you the real question. Got it, got it, got it. Hauser or Ballast? Oh, so we, we touched upon this a little bit last, last week when I, I was thoroughly confused because... The clone in the last episode of the Bad Batch um, that was close to uh, what's the name Cam uh, Harris Sandula's father. Yep, Chan, Chan, Chad, Cham, Cham, Cham Ch- Sandula. Showed um, he um, he called the clone that was with him Hauser, and then we had seen from almost a month ago this release from Amazon of these of these clone these Bad Batch clones, and that one specific with that color was named Ballast, which we all thought was kind of a little bit odd. And they were like, and you were like, oh, maybe that's his first and last name. I'm like, oh, clones have first and last names. It's not like, you know, Johnny Fives or, uh, you know, uh, Mark Echo. Um, oh, you like how I did that pretty quickly. Eh? Um, so it was just kind of strange. So looks like, apparently, that the team for the Bad Batch made a pivot and renamed the Ballas character Hauser very, very late prior to you know the, the, these toys getting produced and pushed out. So I guess it's gonna you know fall into one of those uh, Star Wars trivia things in the future where we'll you know chat about that. But they changed the name and they forgot and they blew the spot. That's what blue happened. Spot exactly. Listen, I was banging this chick once and I said, uh, "Your pussy's as big as a house, house, house." She says, "Why'd you say more than once?" I said, "I didn't. That was the echo." <laughs> Because you said Mark Echo, see, I was writing on that. But more importantly, I, I, I told my I told my wife the other day it was like it was like midnight. I was like, babe, we we got to go to the barbecue. She goes, what, what are you talking about barbecue? I said we have to go to the barbecue. She goes, I don't know what you're talking about. I said I told you about the barbecue we have to go to. She's like, what barbecue? I said when I put my meat on your grill. <laughs> I love it, love it. My joke comes from Predator. Your joke comes from the. Beautiful mind of Dr. Alex Arroyo. I love it. Um, more importantly, 
to be back on this toy stuff that we're talking about right now, something tremendous dropped today. Tremendous. And I tagged you on it, and you're like, Pop, I know. Yes. You, you pulled a Han Solo on me. I, I did. I did. Hot Toys so... is releasing the throne. Oh, he's rubbing one out, folks. Goosh, goosh, okay. goosh. Uh, they're releasing the throne with Boba Fett and 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 uh, Fennec Shan that we saw at the end of season two in that Fennec, bonus. Fennec does not come with it. Oh, she doesn't. Does not no. So it's just Boba and the fucking it's throne. Boba and the throne. Yes. How much is it? Um, five. So the, it's five and change. It's Are like five forty. It? I'm I'm gonna buy the regular release of the Boba. I'm not gonna buy the throne. Why? The regular just, release is different. It doesn't know. have the full, the full, the full repainted version of Matt of uh, Boba. No, it does. It has, it has the Boba, but it just doesn't have the throne. No, you, the, the the Boba two set you're buying. He's in the that that's a separate set. So, oh, so that that was already pre ordered. I had that in pre order. The new one is the repainted Boba. So they're doing two versions of that. One version is the deluxe one with the throne. The other one is the non deluxe version without the throne, but they're the same color. Gotcha. All right. So I'm gonna buy the regular version for like two and change, and not the throne for next You're year. You're gonna hate not having that throne. Uh, uh, I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be okay. Usually, when use it, but stuff like that sh- like shows up, and I know I'm gonna hate myself. I just say fuck it and buy it. I like the emperor. There was an emperor with him without the throne. I had to get the throne, obviously. Um, but for me, it's like you know one little spot. Yeah, but now now you can put two things next to each other: the emperor yeah. and the throne. Yeah, the throne. If I had the room, I would. This is what I'm thinking of. Is I just don't have any more fucking room. So I, I'm going to go bigger house. Boba Sands Throne. Yeah, buy a bigger house. I'm going to need a bigger house. There you go. Quiet, Apollo. Um, Mandalorian, we just, since we just mentioned it, uh, receives 24 Emmy nominations, including Best Drama Series. Hey, the yo. Star Wars live action series, The Mandalorian, Received a whopping 24 nominations in 19 categories for the 2021 Emmy Awards, tying with Netflix royal family drama The Crown, that also received 24 nominations. The nominations for the second season top the 15 that it received for season one. Holy shit, isn't that awesome? That is absolutely amazing. And uh, I can't say it's not well deserved because for the short hell yeah it is, baby. It just goes to show you again that Filoni and Favreau are the key. And, and it's not like the fans are voting on this stuff, right? I mean, this is the, the industry professionals, I'm assuming. Exactly. Speaking about industry professionals, there's something called Elderwise. You know what that is? I think it's something you rub on uh, your back when it hurts. No. It's a listing that's uh, a marketing platform in the book industry. And via Star Wars Leaks subreddit promotes a screen comics graphic novel centered on Star Wars own Boba Fett. The associated blurb, which was likely made public by accident, states that the Mandalorian season three will debut in spring of 2022. In a while, eh? No. It's, bro, it's less than a year. I know. Still feels like But no, but other reports are saying that we're not going to see it until 2023. Really? Because it hasn't allegedly hasn't started taping because Kenobi is using it and Ant Man and the Wasp is using the volume now. Yeah. So, so hey, shit, did you get it early? I'm in. So, what do you think? You think yay or nay? Uh, I don't know. Uh, You know, where did this leak from? So, so, uh, Reddit subthread. I never trust any of those fucking things. 
Edelweiss, which is a marketing platform for books for the book industry, which is some kind of insider industry nonsense. I don't know. Uh, I'm not, I'm let's not cross, fucking. Let's talking. cross our fingers and hope. Well, I'm still I'm still saying they're gonna fucking cancel it and make Book of Boba Fett too. Well, season two. They also talked about season two. You know, we mentioned it a few minutes ago about that. So, I think that's gonna be a reality regardless, um, and we're gonna see that at some point because you know wh- why. Why not print the money? I get it, brother. I'm with you. I said I, I, ho- I hope I'm wrong about the whole scenario. Just something's not right. I, I just got a bad feeling about this. I've got a bad feeling about this. Whatever happens, happens. But we know one thing for sure. Filoni and Favreau are yep. over. Okay, hold on one second. I'm running and it down. Speaking of over. There you go. Sorry, I was getting there. I was getting there. Sorry. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we do a segment here called Who's More Over? What that means, we're talking in wrestling lingo, over means being popular with the fans. So, what we do is we compare two aspects of Star Wars. It could be a person, it could be a place, it could be a thing, it doesn't necessarily matter. We see what's over with you, the fans, all six of you guys. Most importantly, what's over with us, the opinions that matter. So, Doc, what's on the uh, marquee tonight? This week we got an interesting little battle, I think. Uh, You know, I sat and thought long and hard. All, uh, you know, 32 seconds of that that happened, which is about the time I'm usually long and hard. Um, wow. <laughs> um, we put together an interesting kind of side character, weird, interesting character battle. You know, these, you know, half comedian creatures that we see. So in one corner from the Bad Batch, voiced by the chick from Cheers, uh, Rita, um, who's also... Conversely, my nanny's name. Um, we've got Sid. Now, I like you boys, but I'm not running a charity here. You need a big score for us to be square. Like what? Like retrieving that tactical droid, but you bungled that up. I suggest you figure something out before you see my ugly side. That's not her ugly side. What was that, goggles? Versus my friend. Your friend. The man whose voice I love to imitate uh, because, Papa Don, your imperial credits are no good here. And the whole Star Wars saga would have never happened if he accepted imperial credits. What all? Republic credits? Republic credits are no good out here. I need something more real. I don't have anything else, but credits will do fine. No, they won't. Credits will do fine. No, they won't! What, you think you're some kind of Jedi waving your hand around like that? I'm a Tidarian! My tricks gonna work on me! Only money! Hey guys, it's Doc. I just realized I said Imperial credits that Watto didn't take. And that's not the case. It's Republic credits Watto won't take. My bad. Back to the show. So, what do the polls say? What do the polls say? Hold on a second here. I'm just putting my last layer of hair on Chris Candido. Thank you. Um, let's go to the polls. This week, oh, apparently... No one voted. No, no that's not the case. Uh, Watto is over 100% to Sid's zero. Is that Facebook or Instagram? That's on the Facebook. Going up to the Instagram. Let's see over here. Hold on one second. Is it true that when Conor McGregor broke his leg, he was looking for you? He was looking for me? Why? To help him get fixed? Oh, yeah. I was definitely there. I wish. 
Uh, 50-50 on the uh, Instagram poll. Interesting. Ladies and gentlemen, send us an email regarding this segment or anything else on this shit show. NewForceOrderYahoo.com We'll read it on the air if we want. Uh, Doc, I don't feel like reading the emails right now because we're running long in the tooth. Fuck them. Um, who do you think is more over? Uh, for me, that's an easy one. Um, you know, I've loved him for a long time because he's a slimy little bastard. Um, and again, like I said, if he would have accepted Imperial credits, the Star Wars saga would have never started. Anakin would have stayed home in his little bed with his mother, probably got murdered by a Tuscan Raider, and everybody would have went on their business. Though I like Sid. She's an interesting character. Slimeball, similar to Watto. Um, and I would have actually preferred them to make her the same species as Toydarian, but um, they did not, which is fine. Um, for me, it's going to be the uh, the flying weasel, Watto, moreover. Hey, Spiro. Uh, what's more over for you? So who is more over? Watto, the fat, ugly fairy that sounds like he's from Brooklyn or Sid... The reptilian uh, bitch. That also sounds like she's from Brooklyn. I like them both, man. Both are, you know, I honestly, man, you know, I've I've grown to sort of accept Waddle, man. I've grown to sort of, you know, smile and chuckle whenever he's mentioned or I see him in something, you know. Uh, but, you know, those are one of those fucking characters, man. It's like, you know, it's not okay to have somebody sound like a stereotype typical Chinese dude, but it's okay to make fun of uh, somebody from New York, you know, but anyways, um, but I'm going to tell you who's more over with me, excuse me, definitely Sid, I like Sid, I like the role she plays in the Bad Batch, I think it's an awesome character and role, Uh, I think it's cool that the clones have like this little home base and this like sort of I don't, I wouldn't so much say mother figure, but she's sort of, a, you know, like a, like a den mother kind of, but with ulterior motives. So, you know, she's got these guys, why not use them, right? And make some money while I'm at it. Um, yeah, I like her. Uh, you know, we're, we're definitely seeing a lot of more character development between her and Omega. So automatically, I think she's going to be more more over. I mean, you didn't really get much of Watto. And um, it pretty much boils down to that. And Bad Batch is, is the Star Wars thing at the moment. So Sid is more over with me. All right. Very cool, Spiro. That was great. Thank you. <laughs> great. Um, I'm going to pick Watto. I love Watto. Um, I love Sid. But... I've seen Watto both in Lego form, animated. Um, we've seen Watto hand-drawn in uh, Forces of Destiny, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. So we've seen him animated, and he still holds up in that medium as well as live action. So that's where I'm going to go with Watto. I like Sid a lot. I think Sid is great. I think Rhea Perman is doing a great job voicing the character. Um but again, we've only seen it for a hot cup of coffee, and she's only going to be around for as long as the Bad Batch is around. Yeah. Wada will she, forever she be. She may known. get dusted. She may get dusted too. Who knows? Well, she might. Who knows? Maybe Thanos will show up and do the snap. Um, 
But uh, you said it best, bro. This whole thing lies on Waddle. If he accepted Imperial credits, Anakin would still be a slave on Tatooine, or maybe he would have died in the uh, in the race uh, because of Sebulba. But whatever, it didn't happen. Uh, so to me, Wado will always be over. And plus, uh, you do a great Wado impression. So Thank that adds to it. I appreciate your vote of confidence. So, you know. <laughs> Annie! Is that Annie? So that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Newforceorder.com for future. Who's more over? Or if you decide to hearken back on this uh, edition and you want to let us know about Sid versus uh, Wado, let us know. Doc, I, I really want to see a deleted scene where Anakin, you know, decapitates Watto on, on his way off of Tatooine after he finishes the uh, the Tusken Raiders. Because do you really think there's any way in God's green earth that he let Watto live after he, his mother was enslaved by him for so long and he was enslaved by him so long and he, he basically let her fucking die to the Tusken Raiders? Come on, there's no chance. Well, no, it wasn't him. And he, I, sold, he, he sold it to Lars first and it was and, Lars' fault. Still. They came into her and then went to go find him and he got, he got shot in his leg or something like that and his fat ass could, <laughs> went in the fucking scooter that you see in the supermarkets on Tatooine. Um, what do you call it? Um, I think in the comic books, Vader comes back and kills him. I think that's canon. Yeah, I think, I think I saw it. I think I remember that too, which is hilarious, by the way. He should pull his mask off and right before he murders him. Annie! I smell you, Annie! Is that you? <laughs> is that you? <laughs> Anyhow. Um, Regardless, he would probably be on the hit list for Anakin or Slash Vader. And speaking of lists, you just made the list! You just made the list! What that means is we do a segment here where we take a list on the interwebs and we analyze it. Um, and that's basically it. So, uh, Doc, do you want to go first or I go first? You go first. All right, let's see. I'm going to pick the first one I see. Five actors from the original trilogy who nailed Carrie Fisher. No, who nailed their roles <laughs> and five who did it. All right, get ready for this one, everybody. All right. Uh, I knew I'd pop you on that. Number 10, didn't nail it. Robert Clark as Admiral Wolf Ularen. Do you even know who Admiral Wolf Ularen is? I only is? know who he is because I, I read this article and I saw his face. Uh, and I was like, okay, whatever. But he didn't do anything. Exactly. I okay. don't know why he didn't nail it if he didn't do anything, but whatever. Number number nine, nailed it. <laughs> Hated it. <laughs> Peter Cushing as Grand Moff, not Moff, Tarkin. Oh, he fucking killed it. And he's awesome. One of my favorite actors. Number eight, didn't nail it. John Morton as Dak Rattler. Or Walter. Uh, uh, as Rattler, you're right. Did, did he have to nail it? He's the guy who got killed in the Snowspeeder in, episode, in, a, in Empire Strikes Back. Who gives a fuck? He had one line. I could feel I I could take on the empire by myself. Yeah. Okay, buddy. What, what did that guy have to nail? I'm curious. I don't know. Number seven, nailed it. Billy D. Williams as Lando Calrissian. Fuck Clearly. yes. Uh, nail didn't nail it. Garrett Hagen as Biggs Darklighter. I don't know about that, dude. I mean, granted, if they would have left all the stuff from, like, the deleted scene, maybe he would have nailed it, but he had one fucking line. Hi, Luke. Bye, Luke. I'm dead, Luke. See you later, Luke. They had met up prior to uh, the Death Star Trench run, and, you know, they, you know, suddenly Luke finds this guy in the middle of space. Um, 
that he's you know friendly with and familiar with and it was like okay whatever and then it was kind of one of those unexplained star wars things that we didn't know why it was happening because we never saw that deleted scene before so and then we did and then we figured it out and then he bites the fucking dust number five mark hamill as luke skywalker nailed it of course clearly didn't nail it julian glover as general veers i disagree you may start your attack or what do you say you may start attack already whatever i don't know but again i throw him in the dak ratley category did he have to nail it Number three, Harrison Ford as Han Solo. Of course, he uh, nailed it. Nailed Carrie Fisher, too. Okay. Uh, number two, did it nail it? Sir Alec Guinness as Obi-Wan Kenobi. This list is horseshit. It just jumped the shark and jumped in the fridge. All I'm right. not even going to look. Number uh, one. No, 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 no. no. Carrie Fisher is number one. Yeah. I want you to read the Alec Guinness thing. Really? All right, yeah. hold on. No, number two. Let's see what it says. This, this might be hearsay. But Ewan McGregor plays a better Obi-Wan Kenobi in the prequel trilogy than the late Sir Alec Guinness did in the original trilogy. It's not a bad statement. It's not true. To be fair, McGregor has gotten a lot more screen time as the character than Guinness did. Obi-Wan really only appears in a few scenes in the first three movies. Sir Alec Guinness infamously, uh, infamously hated Star Wars, according to letters written to the actor. George Lucas has stated in DVD commentary how unhappy Guinness was. That comes through in Sir Alex's performance. He will always be a respected actor, but someone else could have been the original Obi-Wan Kenobi. Total, utter nonsense and horse shit. When the, the scene, when he's sitting there and he gives Luke the fucking saber in his house and he talks about his father and the Force and his dad dying, that look in his eyes like he was hiding a truth. You know what I'm saying? That's acting, man. That's great acting because we've seen people go on the internet and make highlight films where they 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 take that clip and they show the part where he, he looks all like he's hiding the, the truth behind his eyes and they play the part from episode three where they're fighting on Mustafar and he goes, you were my brother, Anakin. I loved you and all that stuff. I hate you and all that. But all of that is reverse engineered. Even the fact that Vader was his father is reverse engineered, like we said before. Yep. So the fact that that scene fits into all the narratives, which came later on as reverse engineering, wasn't that's, even that's a, that that is his that is a testament to him being a great actor and being a great Obi Wan. That's horseshit. I'm sorry. It, it, it's either that or he just didn't give a shit at that point. We're like, whatever. I'm just gonna like roll on out over here. Um, it's a it's a funny. It's a funny thought process, but um, I mean, maybe he was miserable. Who the fuck knows? We weren't there. Anyway, Star Wars 10 best characters in The Last Jedi. There, here we go. Number 10. Holdo. Uh, really? Yeah. Ha! Ah, horse shit. All right. One of the more divisive characters in The Last Jedi. Oh, yeah. It's shocking. She brought a lot to the table. No. no. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Number nine, General Armitage Hux. Eh. No. Eight. Rose and Paige Tico. I do Paige. I do Paige. Yeah, me too. Bang. Get it? Um, Diamond Dallas Page. Anyway. I get it. It's me. It's me. It's DLC. Yes. Uh, number seven, Finn. Ray! Yes, the whole movie. Number eight. Number six, BB-8. Number five, uh, Mary Poppins, Princess Leia. Number four, Poe Dameron, which... Uh, 
I completely disagree. He was fucking neutered the whole movie. Yep. Had the, one of the dumbest scenes in Star Wars ever that really tried to play comedy off uh, a little too far and then had a, a atrocious scene um, where he was neutered. Number three, Ray Skywalker. Okay, not the Golden Ray Skywalker. Pump the brakes. Hold on, lady. You went for a bumpy ride. Hello, lady. We go for a ride. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Is he nuts? You know nuts. He's crazy. Be- we- before I read you the next thing, we want to hear a funny story. I picked up my dad from the hospital the other day. And um, he had a bypass, uh, not a bypass, he had uh, two stents placed. And I, I I stole the wheelchair from the ER and I went upstairs and I grabbed him. And I'm wheeling him down. It's one of these big bulky wheelchairs. It's supposed to like be like all terrain because it's big wheels. And he's like, oh, you're going to fucking kill me this thing. Relax, take it easy. And we're going. So I start going fast. And I go, hold on, lady. It's going to be a bumpy ride. And the second I say that to him, we hit this fucking bump. <laughs> he almost flew off the fucking <laughs> wheelchair. <laughs> He literally went up in the air and I grabbed my shoulder and pulled him back down. <laughs> and I almost tipped him over. I, I knew the tears were in my eyes. I was like, Dad, I'm so sorry. He's like, you're an asshole. <laughs> it wasn't on purpose. But it was perfect timing. But I did the sh- I did the short round. I almost I almost killed him. Anyway. Uh, that's fucking hilarious, dude. Uh, number two, Luke Skywalker. And number one, Kylo Ren. Uh, I, think I, one, I think one and two are good. I think everything else is horseshit. Star Wars Rebels, 10 of the coolest connections to other movies and TV shows. Uh, number 10, a bunch of characters. What? <laughs> <laughs> no shit. Okay, Rebels has such a fantastic catalog of characters throughout its four seasons there is of course a slew of great original characters in the show some of the best in canon but there's so many who appear in the show that comes from other on-screen properties ahsoka captain rex vader hondo anaka maul tarkin all have significant roles in the show beyond those characters there's mon mothma bail organa emperor yoda emperor yoda various rebels wolf yularen Lando Calrissian, Leia Organa, Saw Gerrera, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Bo-Katan, and more all appear. Okay. Number nine, Yavin 4 Rebel Base. Okay. Number eight, Project Stardust. Ah, very cool. That's the Death Star plans. Yep. Number seven, Run. Kanan Jairus is one of the very best characters come out of Disney era Star Wars. His arc throughout Rebels is incredible. In season one, the Grand Inquisitor... Oh, when they, he taught him what is Deepa Paloba. Deepa Paloba told him. Uh, Geonosis in the Death Star. We get to see that, by the way, in the first yes, episode. Yes, we do. Geonosis in the Death Star. Morale. Ahsoka Tano's fantastic part of Star Wars Rebels joined the show at the end of season one for season two and shortly after, again in season four. She never came alone, though. Ooh, la la, that sounds dirty. Yeah. <laughs> or, uh, Morai, a convoy. With some sort of cos- cosmic spiritual connection to the daughter, joined Ahsoka throughout, always in the background. The same can be said for Ahsoka during the appearance in The Mandalorian with the Morai subtly visible in the sky, even ignoring the daughter's connection. Morai is also connected to Star Wars. Okay. Uh, Clone Wars. Uh, from the Battle of Christosis to the Siege of Mandalore. Talking about Rex's duties in the war and what he's done. The last time Ahsoka saw Anakin. That was dope. When they fought. Yeah. Uh, 
Obi-Wan's callback to the Duel of the Fates. Very true. When he fought Maul, and then he did all the different stances. And number one, Mandalore, Mandalorians, and the Darksaber. All right. This is a, this is a, a viable list. I agree. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Hold on. I'm going to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi, 10 possibilities for Vader's role in Disney Plus series. I, I got it. I got it. Here we go. All right. 10. Searching the galaxy for survival Jedi. Yes, that makes sense. Continuing Order 66. I agree. Makes perfect sense. Hunting Obi-Wan Kenobi. Let's hope. Spearheading the Empire's takeover of the galaxy. Hanging around his castle on Musafar. <laughs> I'm in my underwear and my slippers right now. Just the rematch. Ooh, do you think we're going to get a rematch between the two of them? Yes, guaranteed. Really? I don't yeah. think it's going to happen. Battling a rising rebellion. So, you know, Vader's uh, portion and trying to squish that. Trying to bring Padme back to life. I don't think we're going to do any Walking Dead stuff over here, so I don't think that's going to be viable. Um, looking for his kids. Uh, well, at that point, he didn't know he had kids. He knew he had a kid, um, which is possible, but it was my assumption that he probably thought that that child died in childbirth because he doesn't really know about Luke until Boba Fett tells him in that you know canonical story now. Um, putting plotting the Empire's rise with the Empire with the Emperor, yeah, makes sense. And then Obi Wan makes a last ditch attempt to bring Anakin back to the light side, which I think also would be very very cool. Now the question is, you know, at this point Obi Wan doesn't know that Vader is actually Vader. His assumption is that Vader's actually dead. Um, you know, is Vader going to be strong enough to hold himself from the Force so Obi Wan does not sense him? Mm, doubtful. I think Obi Wan's going to figure out it's him pretty soon because as we know by the time he gets to episode four he clearly knows that vader is obi-wan is um Anakin Skywalker. that's a good point there are a couple of things one if anything obi-wan would be hiding from vader and he'd be yeah. shutting himself off from the voice yep. force so he wouldn't be, be able to feel vader because he's not using the force number two vader feels him in episode four that sounds dirty but it but you know what i mean um I do. And he says that he hasn't felt them since and then left it open-ended like a $2 hooker. Um, That's like when when an altar boy sees a priest he hasn't seen in a long time. Exactly. And then uh, a couple other things. When he says that your father's more machine than man now, how does he know? So that means he has to find out that Anakin lived when he sees Vader or somehow makes the connection to Vader to Anakin Finds out that he's all mechanical because he sees the arms and the legs, Lieutenant Dan. And then Vader has to, uh, they have to have some kind of uh, confrontation where Obi-Wan tries to bring him back to the light. And Vader, maybe he teeters and he's almost there, but doesn't do it. And last minute stays to the dark side. And that explains that scene in Return of the Jedi when he says, uh, Obi-Wan's once thought as you did when Luke tried to turn him in the hallway. Yep. And, I, and I watched that scene again this week, dude. That scene is fucking such a fucking remarkable scene. Such a milestone in the OT that's overlooked. There's so much emphasis and emotion that you can't see because of the mask. But just the way the guy... Um, oh, what was the actor's David name? David Prowse. The way David Prowse played it. You know, the uncertainty. The way he stands. The way he moves. Little nuances. Makes you like look at it from a different point of view like holy shit Vader did contemplate joining the light side 
He was reluctant to take him to the emperor. He wasn't going to kill him. He didn't want to kill him. Yep. So it's a fucking great scene, man. And it holds a lot of weight now. Hopefully they can expand agreed. on it to make it even better. But I thought that was a good list. Yes, agreed. And it, it gives us lots of possibilities about what's happening. Oh, definitely. And that with Deborah Chow helming everything, I think it's going to be fantastic. Yep. I it's trust cool. her implicitly. Yes. And uh, not only because... She's a great director, but I know you're trying to ask her to hook you up with Ming Na Wing. So, oh, I wish Ming, if you, hey. if you want a younger guy, you know, at that point it'll be a twice divorced, uh, you know, handsome physician. Nice, hit a brother, hit a brother up. So, uh, is there anything else you want to add? There was one more thing I wanted to talk about. All right, before we do that, I want to get Tell Spiro's. Me. I want to get Spiro's take on the on the Sith Ronin uh, for visions. We forgot to ask him since he's a Sith Lord. I'm actually excited for um, so this Star Wars Vision Ronin project. I mean, I'm definitely going to be looking out for this. Um, I definitely would love to also see this incorporated in animated form, li- live action, but I'm definitely looking forward to to checking this out. I mean, listen, man, at the end of the day, Star Wars was pretty much influenced by the old Japanese Kurosawa films and all that, so why not sort of uh, pay pay homage and uh, come full circle, I guess, sort of speak by, you know, making Star Wars stories in that era, you know, uh, but instead of a fucking katana, fucking lightsabers, man, I, I think it's awesome, man, I think it's dope, and I'm looking forward to it, and the fact that it's based on a Sith makes me even more excited for it. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait, man. I can't wait to see the cast of characters. I, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're gonna have the fucking the the shoguns and their armies are gonna be the fucking imperials and you know the the ninjas and the villagers and all that are, are gonna be the fucking rebels. Um, I'm looking forward to this. I think it's gonna be great. I think it's gonna be dope. Um, yeah, and, and I would imagine that a lot of the the, the samurais are going to be Jedi. But yeah, man, this is dope. I like it. I'm feeling it, as the kids say these days. I'm I'm all in. So what else now you want to talk about? Uh, I think that's it. Um, there was one <laughs> other article that was there. False finish. That was, uh, you know, not a uh, not a barn burner. Which is with Ray. Being, no, there was uh, the, the one about the, the emperor making um, oh, the Death, the, Star Death Star is protection. potentially house the Yuzung Vaughn and all. I, I don't know where, where they even come up with half of this shit. Who the fuck knows? Well, that's all um, you and not canon like Revan, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. Oh, there's another one about Ray burying the uh, the lightsabers and what that means. Uh, I think we could probably do that for a certain point of view at some point. So let's do it right now. Let's do it right now. Okay, so. Go ahead. You, oh. could, you could start this off. Oh, the segment of the Noodle Force Award is called From a Certain Point of View. It's where we took a, a look at a scene, a line, uh, a portion of the Star Wars universe that at one point meant something to you, but then when things pop up later on, they may mean something completely different. Today, we look at a certain point of view about Ray burying the lightsabers for uh, Luke and Leia. Now, what does that mean? What did it mean initially? And what does it potentially mean? So, um, 
if you look at the heritage and what it potentially mean is you know did ray bury the the legacy of the jedi um and not bury luke and leia's saber to kind of like you know give them rest at some point um from their you know, this this lifelong battle they had against the empire but was she actually burying the jedi um and you know her not continuing to bring the jedi order forward um or was it her um putting them to rest so she could build her own jedi order what do you think um i think i have a hard time like i think in the surface it's her giving luke and leia like a, a final reprieve and a final resting place after their deaths um you know bringing luke back to his home planet of tatooine and i don't know why she would bring Leia to tatooine but this is no know. alderaan yes because <laughs> the rest of alderaan's on tatooine um <laughs> in the form of space dust um i think it's 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 a respect to the planet luke came from space <laughs> dust <laughs> that, should, that should be a gimmick um so I think that's what it was meant to be. But is it really her burying the, 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 the Jedi and Disney burying the Jedi? Because, you know, as we had heard, you know, years prior that Disney does not want to go forward and do Star Wars properties with Sith and Jedi in them. So is it a subliminal message to us, to the fans saying, hey, um, we're, we're you know, the, the Skywalker saga is at a conclusion but it's also going to be the conclusion of the Force and of the Sith and of the Jedi, which I personally think is a really terrible idea. So you're saying you think it's the initial issue they were just laying Luke and and uh, Leia to rest? I hope it is, you know. And I, are we ever going to get a payoff from that? Because you know Daisy has said she's, you know, likely not coming back to Star Wars. They haven't asked her, but. Again, we've said this a million times. It makes perfect sense for them to bring her back and to do something because they put so much energy into this character. So I'm saying it is what is the face value of her burying Luke and Leia on their home planet and nothing more than that. I will have to concur with you on that notion. I feel that it was just her putting the past to death to rest. Uh, the past die. Not die, but putting it to rest. Um, and burying not the Jedi, but just burying Leia and Luke, and that's it. Um, only because their bodies faded into the Force, but also you can't say she's burying the Jedi and there's not going to be any more Jedi left because she's going off the sacred Jedi text that she kept. So all her teachings are coming from the fundamental uh lessons of the Jedi. If she decides to throw her own sasson on it. And, and spicing things up and, and, and abide by not strict guidelines like, like uh, the Jedi Council did in the prequels and be a little bit more lenient. Who knows? Doesn't necessarily mean she's not a Jedi. She's just not a full-fledged, die-hard fucking Jedi like, like you know, like, uh, yeah. like a Jew is and a Hasidic Jew is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah sure. They're both and, Jewish. And, and remember, but, at, the, at the end, she was, she was all the Jedi. You can't take the Jedi and the Sith out of Star Wars. You can't. That's like taking uh, the Cobra and the G.I. Joe out of G.I. Joe. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, If she comes back and starts a new order and calls all the good guys or the Jedi Skywalkers, 
eh, fucking same thing. Tomato, tomato. You know what I'm saying? You call them fucking whatever you want, but it's still the Jedi. Um, dark side users and Sith, is there really a difference? Eh, the Sith Lords and their dark side users. There's a difference between that, but I don't know. You know what I mean? I mean, there's a fine line right there. Yeah, potato, potato, like you said. So you can't change the, you can't really try to reinvent the wheel when the wheel works. So if Disney decides to go down that path, I think initially they were. And I think all the backlash and all the diverse, uh, the divisive, divisiveness in the fan base made them change their minds uh, midstream. And now they're doubling on legacy attributes and legacy characters and things of that nature because they know that's where the money lies. Yeah, that so, makes the most sense. Go where the money's at. Um, Spiro, what's your take on this matter? What do you think about the, from a certain point of view? You know, they said, let the past die, the Jedi, the Sith, let it all die, whatever the exact quote was. I'm paraphrasing. You know, in a way... I like that in a way, no, because whatever Disney would create in place of that would probably be something stupid and something that feels a lot less Star Trek and a lot more by your numbers sci-fi medieval bullshit. Um, But the question is, is Rey still a Jedi or whatever the fuck? Um... You would think that due to the lineage of the teachings, you know, passed on from, you know, Yoda and so on to Luke and from Luke to Rey, that would make her a Jedi. I'm I'm okay with that, you know, at the same time, no. You know, part of me says, no, she's not a Jedi. I mean, you know, yeah, she also got some teachings from Leia. And I don't know... You know, I'm going based off of um, what I understood from the sequel trilogy. I think it felt like, or I think they were trying to convey that she actually spent more time with Leia training than she did with Luke. At least to me. Um, I'm sure in comics and novelizations, there's, I'll, 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 I'll either be proven correct or, or wrong. Anyways, um, and if that is the case, Leia was never a Jedi. She was never inducted or indoctrinated, and uh, so maybe she's half a Jedi, you know? I don't know. Now, did she bury the, the Jedi when she buried the lightsabers, Luke and Leia's lightsabers? Or was that sort of a symbol of respect? You know, there's a lot you can do with that if you're a good writer, you know, man. I mean, I think that burying, to me, personally burying those those lightsabers from a writing standpoint, and I'm probably getting away from what the main thing is of this whole conversation, but from a writing standpoint, you, got a, you have a plot device that you can insert into a future film a future storyline you know maybe somebody uh stumbles upon this or maybe it's a treasure that somebody looks for you know but then we'd be repeating the shit that that they've been doing right but i mean after all that is what star what star wars is is 
you know, whatever history of poetry, whatever the fuck, uh, re- repeating itself. But uh, I see it more as a form of respect. I think I think that was Ray's way of paying respect to her masters, to her. I don't know, adopted incestuous parents. You know, um, I don't know, man. You know, she's a Skywalker now. Why not come off and say she's fucking, you know, Rodian or something? I don't know. You know. She could be whatever the fuck she wants because, you know, after all, it's Disney and, you know, that's the era we live in. You know, she can identify as whatever the fuck she wants, you know, and that's that. Well, very interesting to get Sith's uh, viewpoint on it. So good stuff on you, Spiro. That was great. Thank you. Um, Anything else, Doc? That's it, baby. Let's bring it home. All right. Let's blow this thing and go home. Where are they going to find you at? You can find me at Dr. D-R underscore Destroyo, D-E-S-T-R-R-O-Y-O Instagram, Alex Royo, M-D on Twitter, Alex Royo on Facebook. Spiro, it's been great. Where can they find you at? Yeah, man, it's been great. But you can also find me, God knows where the fuck, aside from work these days. But if, but check out the Rational Rage Network. Uh, have You know, there's other guys doing doing things there uh you got wrestling shows you got fucking doomsday prepper shows uh on instagram spiro underscore a darth underscore spirit on and that's it guys that was great spiro thank you uh you can find me at greek guy papadon on twitter and instagram demetrius papadon on facebook pro wrestling tea slash greek guy papadon is the pro wrestling tea store go get your ggp t-shirts please support a cause and for us, I mean, uh, YouTube is uh, Greek God Pop It on the channel. You subscribe, like, whatever. Uh, this Saturday, I'll be wrestling NYWC July 17th in Selden, New York. Uh, I will be defending all three of my championships wow. against Aiden Bale. And the three championships are Alpha Championship Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion, the Immortal Championship Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, and the Ronin he- Heavyweight Champion. Um they will all be on the line. And then July 31st, I'll be wrestling Rhett Titus in Immortal Championship Wrestling in Rome, New York, in upstate New York. And I'll be defending all three titles again that night. Uh, I am on the Alpha and Omega Inevitable Tour, where I'll be defending these titles everywhere I go. And uh, see you at a show near you. So thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. It has been an honor. It's been a privilege to entertain you and enlighten you. Uh, But most importantly, continue our quest in getting Star Wars more over with you, the fans, and not get ourselves over on the expense of Star Wars. Never. This this has been another exciting, action-packed, fully stacked, new introduction by the man himself, the DOC, episode of the New Force Order. For life. And that's just too sweet. Henceforth. Execute Order NFO.